0: welcome to this motorsport magazine podcast in association with mercedes-benz what do you think of when someone says the word used old-fashioned out of tune
1: a bit scratched something past its best chances are you're not thinking of a mercedes-benz and certainly not one of the latest models think mercedes-benz approved used suddenly there's a lot more meaning to that little word. Visit your local retailer to find your used car today, and you'll see what I mean.
2: I like the way you work
1: Mercedes-Benz approved used.
0: Used, but not what you're used to. Now, with me today is Freddie Spencer and Matt Oxley. Um, and we are going to be looking ahead to the MotoGP season. And we have a lot to discuss. There's even the last week, a lot has happened. So um, we've got six pages of questions from you, the readers, as well. So let's just get going. Let's start with who's going to win it. You go, (laughs) Freddie. Yeah, who's going (laughs) to win it?
3: Um, You have to say, obviously, at this point, you know, Mark looks very strong. Um, I think not only for the fact that he's the defending champion and what he's done in tests, but I think also some of the progress they've made with the bike, you know, they, they're working on the engine uh, characteristics, and um, I think, too, the um, electronics for them, you know, each year that goes by with the standard electronics that everybody has to run, I think is, is beneficial uh, for Honda, and, and they just look very comfortable, and that that's the thing that Mark, every year, he seems, I think, just a little more comfortable in the position he's in. Um, and, I, you know, he, he certainly prepares very, very hard and, and trains very hard. and So I would have to say he's going to be tough. Matt, you agree?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think Mark's definitely the, the strongest, although, you know, the last few years, what's happened in preseason has been the complete opposite pretty much of what's gone on in the, in, in the season itself. So, but yeah, I, it's a long season, 19 races, longest ever season. Um, anything can happen. Mark does fall off a lot, you know, he, he only needs to break a collarbone or something to, to throw the whole thing open. You know, I mean, he, he, he is remarkable the way he sort of prepares, not only mentally and racing wise, you know, he, he prepares to crash as well. He spends so much time stretching and everything basically makes himself so that he can, and you know, most of the crashes these days are at front ends because you've got traction control. So they're usually low side. So if you're lucky, you, you'll be all right. You know, it's not like they're getting flicked up in the air too often. But I think the thing with Mark is that, is his adaptability that he, he like Freddie was, you know, on the back in 85, like Stoner and, and a very few other guys, Roberts can f- make a motorbike, can ride around a problem, you know, instantly just just adapt himself. Yes, and I don't think anybody job. else out there can do that. And I think that's ex- especially important at the moment with the way the the tires are, they're yes. quite unpredictable. So the riders are constantly being thrown new challenges. You know, the bike setup needs to change for this tire, blah, blah, blah. They go into the race and things aren't right. And Mark can ride around it. And everybody else is going, well, I need to use corner speed to get the lap time. And I can't because this tire won't give me the corner speed. Mark just finds another way.
3: Everybody else at this point, when they get to a certain point, they seem to need to get the motorcycle to work for them. And you are dealing with a bike with an incredible amount of horsepower. And you know the the speeds that they're going, and and as and as Matt said, the problem that and when we get into talking about the Amal program is the the inconsistency of the tires. There again, that can also be a motorcycle. You know, I, one of the one of the great things when you get a motorcycle a racing bike working at its at its best is sometimes the best is is its margin of uh, flexibility in his margin of be able to, to work work around. As, as I said, Mark is, is at this point the best out there at doing that. I think also the bike, for him, there seems to be that. Also, if you look at what I think is very encouraging from the Honda's perspective, is you look at the other riders on, on the Honda. You know, you look at Cal, and you know, he's right there lap time wise. And, you know, his, his riding style, he's aggressive like Mark, absolutely. And so there, there's some similarity there that I think is a benefit to Mark when, when Cal is doing some of the testing. But I think that that also shows the bike has come
0: around too. Is, is Honda the strongest package rider-wise because they've got Cal backing up the factory bike? That's arguably better than any of the other factories, having those three, and now his teammate that that's the best package.
3: Well, you look at the world champion, obviously, Mark Danny won the last race. He won two races last year. You would expect he's going to be there. And then, and then Cal, I, I think um, from just the on own the factory bikes, you would have to say they, those three are, are pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously Yamaha, Honda
2: are very strong. Yamaha are in a lot of trouble, but who knows, you know, they might, they might just crunch those numbers and bang, prop, solve that problem. It could happen. Um, Ducati obviously there. Um, but then, you know, we see we thought see Lorenzo sort of fastest in at Sepang and then sixteenth at, at, at Chang. So, you know, he's got one of those riding style where he needs the bike to be absolutely perfect. A bit like Max Biagi. You know, he, he's he's the way he rides it, he needs the setup to be absolutely one hundred percent to his requirements, you know. Divisioso, um I think he seems to work better with the bike from, from track to track than Lorenzo. But, yeah, Honda are looking very strong.
3: Well, this is the thing, too. If you look at the, the issue with, with Jorge, is it's, it's always for him that the same complaint, you know, where the mid-corner direction change seems to be his biggest, his biggest problem. And, and, obviously, the tight racetrack, you know, can affect that, um, but it's it's also the, his mindset. You know, if he struggles in emotion, you know, he seems to kind of there's that connection there of, of if you because you watch him get out front, and if he gets out front, he goes. And Danny was kind of like that too. You know, where he was really tough from the very front, but it was getting in the battle not not really so much. Um, so that that's certainly I would be concerned. And I, the other thing, Matt, I is when um you no, know, Ducati came out and said right before this last test, after C that Horry's gonna have to take more money less money. And and you wonder is someone like Horry, I mean, uh, who knows? Thailand There was the day before I think the test began in, in Thailand. And I mean he had a horrible test, you know. If that had something to do with his motivation, I wouldn't think so, but maybe. You never know from a support standpoint, because I think Jorge kind of needs that. That was one of the things that I think he struggled with at Yamaha. But the Yamaha, as we as we have seen, the, the sensitivity to the tire performance and, and the riders and their attitude and maybe how they deal with it, um, I would. That's another concern. You know, you see, not only the big difference in performance from one day to the next, but also just kind of the the way that it works. You yeah, know? psychologically,
2: that's yes. an incredibly different, difficult thing to deal with if you're a rider. Um, you know, if you one day everything's perfect and you go out the next day, and maybe the temperature's slightly different, so the tires are not working the same way, or whatever. You know, uh, you know that uh, you know that can crush a lot of people. I mean, the thing is that all these people. In MotoGP, at the top, you know, are amazingly psychologically strong. I think that's one of the most important things in racing that people don't—most people don't really see, you know. And, and Freddie, obviously, having three world championships and everything, was th- was there doing that. But um, it's an incredibly fragile sort of emotional, psychological state being a racer. You know, everything has to be on side. And, and there again, Mark is one of those guys who, whatever's thrown at him, he'll just go, "Hey, you know." I'll, I'll make it up as I go along, and, and and that's a very difficult thing to beat, isn't it? Whereas somebody else like Hawke needs everything to be in line. Yeah. And if one thing's out of line,
3: you know. And I think too, that's the thing a little bit about Maverick. You know, that that may have been the difference. You know, when when Mark and, and Maverick came along as kids, we we talked about that on one of the shows last year where. Maverick the question wasn't his ability but what what was the difference between him and Mark and I think that in it that is it is you know Mark picks himself up or, or he just keeps moving forward and you're right at the at the very top level in, in motorsports I mean we we have to deal with we deal with the danger you deal with the the expectation and also you're putting yourself out there every single Lap every single day, and that's part of it. And so the other things, kind of, it depends on how it goes wrong with that. You you get so focused on what you do that if there's and, and this happens with a lot of writers, and I've seen this growing up as a kid, and people that would come along that had incredible ability, but they'd get to a certain point, and that the limitation was that you know where they they couldn't deal with the struggling, you know, the late on Sunday afternoon, or or if things didn't go right. And it wasn't because they, they weren't strong, it's just all their energy went into doing what you do. And, and I think that's, that's maybe where my concern would be, and that's kind of what I was getting. I want to go with Maverick is, is you see him, he's, he's really quick, but just a little bit of struggle. Over 19 races in a world championship, that,
0: if I was Yamaha, that could be a problem. Obviously, Lorenzo left Yamaha for Ducati to win the title with another manufacturer. Um, a couple of people have asked whether Mark needs to do that. Um, does it diminish his legacy? I think that came from uh, Deputy Dog and, um, obviously, and also Oscar G. I
2: think uh, Mark, at the moment, I think his his sole desire, as far as I see it, only he knows what's going on in his head, is, is, is that he wants to win as many championships as he can. And I think he wants to win ten. <laughs> we, we all know who's won nine. Um, I think he won, and if he wins four more titles, then he's won ten world titles, and he surpasses Rossi in, in in the total number of titles. Uh, that's my feeling that he really wants to do that, and the only way he's going to do that, to me, really, is sticking where he is, yeah. because you know otherwise you're going to lose a year, as we saw with Jorge. you're going to lose a year getting adjusting to the maybe more adjusting to the bike, adjusting to the team, blah blah blah. Um, so I think. To me, and, and, unless they have a falling out, I just see him keeping on, keeping on where he is now until he's won what, ten world titles.
3: I I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think the other thing too is is he not only you know win four more titles, get to ten, but he'll be also the most in the five hundred or MotoGP category, you know, and break Ago's record, you know. And so, I think his mark doesn't care about the fact of changing or what someone else he's very happy where he is and
0: and i think he'll he'll stay there's talk of ktm with the red bull sponsor yeah. there. there's rumors but it, maybe one maybe day
2: maybe gets but, to but, 10 yeah maybe once, I, yeah, I think he wants to win yeah. 10 world titles yeah i agree. really think he does um and i think that's his main motivation at the moment and you know the thing is the honda hasn't always been the best bike He's been there since 2013 It hasn't always been the best bike but what we were saying earlier he just you know he doesn't care he'll just make it do what he what he needs it to do and and talking about maverick i you know when it started going wrong for him last season which was at barcelona when it started going really wrong and they had real trouble with the tires and every time he got off the bike he walked into the garage shaking his head like that and you just knew straight away his head's gone you know you can't you can't throw your toys out of the pram like that. You've just got to go. Well, this is the problem, and we've got to work to fix it and work around
3: it or whatever. You can't. You can't. You can't lose your cool, can you? Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's and certainly it's difficult. You know, it's difficult in that in that moment not to get get frustrated, especially if you um, you had a different expectation or if you um, feel like that something isn't being done. But the reality is, is that. You can't, you can't let it distract you. You can't let it affect, because the only person hurt was Maverick. You know the bike, the bike, and, and that's that's the other thing too. When you look at what the Tech Three, what you know, Johan is doing, Zarco, and, and he's out there and he's at the he's running quicker than the than the factory guys, and and in fairness, factory guys are trying things. You know, there's certain things they're dealing with that um, can affect that two or three tenths of a second. But still, there is another Yamaha up front. So
0: let's stick with Yamaha. Um, quite a big week Obviously, this has been recorded just ahead of the third and final test, uh, which this week was announced that Tech 3 would leave Yamaha. And it was Tech 3 leaving Yamaha, which is I think that's kind of a key point to make that it wasn't Yamaha leaving Tech 3, but Tech 3 made a conscious decision to leave Yamaha. Why would they do that?
2: Well, I, th- I think Basically, they jumped before they were pushed. <laughs> I mean, I, I think um, we, we know, all know that Rossi's going to want to want to run a MotoGP team when he retires, maybe even before he retires, you know, who knows. Um, and he, he'll obviously be with Yamaha, and Yamaha are only going to run one satellite team. So who are they going to choose, Hervé Poncheral or Valentino Rossi? So, And and, and Poncharal said that last year, in fact, um, that he knew what was coming. So he, he obviously had to go and find an alternative and... I think that's a. He's made an excellent decision. I mean, Poncharal is a clever guy. He's in it for the right reasons, um, and he generally does make pretty good decisions. So I think it's a. It's the perfect way out for him. Yeah,
3: I, I agree with that. I I think that that in, that started the ball rolling. But I think at the end, probably the deal. We don't know what the deal is, and and we assume we know where what's where they're going. But. I think that it's probably, it's certainly in the long run gonna be a, a good deal uh, uh, for them.
0: Jochen from Frozen Speed, the photographer um, has said, um, what do you think he have meant when he said that his new partner offered him something which he'd been dreaming of having for many years?
3: Well, more of a probably factory support, but also, and if it is KTM, then the, the program, you know, can be a lot more expanded. But I'm I, the only place, if for the, for him to say that, would be support, you know, more of a, of an equal program, you know, possibly. Yeah. So it, yeah. I mean, they've,
2: Tech 3, the tradition has always basically been that they get last year's bikes. Exactly. Um, which, you know, as we know now, isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I think he, he's obviously been promised to have, factory updates factory the same spec as which is actually pretty easy to do nowadays because you know they can't change engines so it's not like you have to keep firing engine parts at somebody all year basically you just build the same engines for tech 3 and for your factory team and away you go so it's not not it's actually become a lot easier to do that than when freddie was riding when you know every week they were getting new cylinders new pipes new heads new carburettors new everything um
3: now basically you you know that is that is true, and I, and I think just the fact of being on equal footing, and you know, there's a lot of potential we see with with the KTM program, and and so it started it started out where, um, you know that he obviously if it was a choice between Valentino and him, I I was thinking that if Valentino is going to run one more year, that maybe I would I was possibly that they would start the MotoGP program like a year sooner. So so, to me.
2: That would make sense. It would if be, if he yeah. was riding for his own team to start off with, that would give it a huge I mean not that he really needs it, but a yeah. huge kind of sponsorship bump. Right. You know? Yeah. Um and, and already his team w- were playing around with sort of Photoshop last week and sending out pictures of a Sky VR forty six with a number forty six M1. You know, you yeah. know you know what I mean. Yeah, so, it would be so a nice segue
3: and it'd be a year that, way to end up his his, his exactly. racing career. And, a little different you know, level as far as because of not being completely the factor team. So they'd be, they could be a little more of a send off, you know. But
2: I I think also that Yamaha would obviously look after him if he was, if he was going to run his own team and he was riding. But also I think this might help Yamaha because Rossi tends to dominate the garage and we all know that Lorenzo didn't Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, Lorenzo, I think, is much tougher psychologically than Vinales. And I think Vinales is really struggling to kind of deal with with Rossi's dominance. And and I think probably Yamaha are very aware of that and that that's affecting Maverick, who's their long-term future as a rider. So, you know, maybe Rossi will go to his own team next year. I'm I'm just speculating. And maybe Zarco, because surely they don't want to lose to Zarco and Zarko would come into the factory team. So, you know, that would be, Mm -hmm. that would keep everyone happy. It would. Maverick would be happy, Zarko would be happy, Rossi would be happy. Yeah, well,
3: and and like I said, just from the standpoint of of thinking down the road, you and I both agree that that if he's gonna jump into the MotoGP program with his own team, he starts it. You're right, the sponsor would get it, it would get the exposure and it would get it going and legitimize the program. so that you know everybody sees how it's run and, and things and i don't know it, it's probably something i would maybe if i was in that situation consider doing for the again the long-term viability of it because the moto gp program is different than running a moto three or or moto two
0: or yeah. you know but uh, max a reader's asked did yamaha blunder in re-signing vinales should they have just taken zarko who's the better one to build a team around i mean d- I was quite surprised when Maverick
2: did re-sign because I know, you know, he feels like he's living in the shadow of another rider. And, you know, is that, I mean, he knows Rossi's not going to go on forever, but actually, you know, who knows? Um, uh, Yeah, I was surprised when he signed, but I I think he must have had some kind of reassurance, maybe. I don't don't know. It's hard hard to know, but I was surprised that he, because I know he's not particularly happy with the situation as it is and so I think he must have had some kind of reassurance which
0: just goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Who knows? Is he in a bad place that's going to affect the season do you think?
3: Well the only thing that's going to continue to affect this is two things. One if they don't fix the issue and both riders are talking about the same issues so you can't put that completely on just what Maverick's struggling with or, or Valentino. So, but what would affect it absolutely is is if he keeps shaking his head coming in the garage and and because he doesn't seem to rebound as quickly um, and you again you look at going into the last season I mean I I, I said that he would he would get second in the championship I really really believe that after watching the race I still thought Mark would win but you know he dominated preseason testing you know went out the first few races Okay, you know he's moving along, and then and then he had just a couple of things. He had that run-in in and practice with with Valentin. You remember that, and he just you could see he can just so quickly get kind of off track, and 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 again I I understand that as well as anybody because again we what people you know even though you're at the at, at the elite level and, and your your focus and your ability to be able to focus and 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 all these things are there. It is that emotional part that you got to compartmentalize, you know, that you got to separate because of the frustration and, and struggles, you know, and and especially how competitive it is, you know, because yeah, you if, go from one week and the next week, you know, you're just a few tenths off and you're 12th, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, if you lose half a, half
2: a percent of your performance potential, yes. basically that's... Half a second, yeah. and you're and you're gone. You're out, you're out of there. That's yeah. ten yeah. seconds over a race. Yeah. So the, you know the time. The if you're not operating at a hundred percent, if you're only operating at ninety nine point five percent, that's not enough. You know what I mean. So that's a very fragile thing to kind of try and keep together. To keep your brain and your your will to win and your will willingness to take risks and yeah. all that kind of stuff to Absolutely. keep that at a hundred percent week in, week out. It's not easy, but yeah. you know, even if you've been off on holiday, you've been somewhere really nice on holiday with your girlfriend or relaxed and got to thought, wow, this is really nice. And you come back to the next race and you've got to go back into the kind of, into the ring, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this, you know? So the, the, those, I think people don't understand that these people are humans, but what they're expected to do is kind of superhuman,
3: you know? And, and that that's also, you, you, you can play little, little tricks on, your, on yourself one of the one of the things that uh, certainly when I was at my at my very best and and I was very fortunate because I went years and years and years you know basically just continuing to improve continuing to uh, get the most out of my performance and and also my adaptability and all these things and one of one of the things that that I, I noticed was is what I is I had a very simple approach. And I think that's sometimes what happens too, where, you know, someone like who knows Maverick last year, he goes through testing, he gets on the bike, no expectation. And then I, I said this in one of the podcasts right after he kind of dropped off, as I said, maybe he realized he was leading the world championship, you know? And and that's the thing that I think happens a lot is the realization of the situation that you're in. and. That is, I've, I've always said that one of the moments for me was coming under the tunnel at the match races in 1980. I was with Dell Singleton and Dell, and we were both young. And Dell and had already one day I was 18. And I mean, it's Brant's Hatch. And as far as you could see, it was people. And, you know, everybody's Eric Kenney and Barry. And he said, Are you nervous? And I said, Not really. Uh, I said, This is exactly where. I want to yeah. be, and 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 that comfort level in that situation is 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 something that that I carry you carry through uh, as you build along, and and it's it's obviously what makes someone like Valentino so great is he knows exactly who he is, and 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 that's exactly what wants, wants to be, and marks that way. You know, and then you got warriors like Danny, you know, who just kind of are there. And there was guys over the years, you can say Alex Barros was another one, you know, just that they're, they're not the most talented, but they, they get the most out of their performance every race.
0: You know, did we did we see a glimpse of that with Zarco when he crashed out of the lead? last season was that him realizing I'm leading
3: not not some no I don't I don't think so I, I think because that happens you know it happens to even though he's a world champion it still was. you know I mean it was the the big race um I think just probably a little over exuberance you know but he has he's a he's another rider that is very methodical in that respect so he's able to really control his emotions which we're going to benefit him yeah,
2: incredibly so. And, and, yeah. and the 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 thing about Yamaha is that they've got themselves. When you get in a hole in in this sport, again, you're talking about you know fractions of percentages between winning and coming third, yeah. fourth. So they've been running what, three, four different chassis the last you know six months, eight months. And and when you're doing that, you're never getting to un, you know to ride a bike fast. You know what need to know it so intimately that you need to know what it's going to do before it does it. You know, if you go into a corner a bit too quick, or, you know, you make a slight mistake, or you, you know, you need to know how it's going to react. And and if you don't know the chassis that well, you won't know how it's going to react, and then you're not going to be able to go fast. And so they're all jumping from chassis to chassis to chassis, and they're never getting intimate enough with any of them to be able to take them to 100%. So I think that's one of their problems, though, they've just you know, and then they start asking questions that they shouldn't be asking because actually the reason they're not going that fast is because not because there's a problem; it's because they haven't. Yeah, they're just jumping around too much. And whereas Zarco, bang, 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 and you actually think that the chassis that he's using is a 2015. It's the chassis that Rossi and uh, Lorenzo used in 2016, um, but they didn't use the 2016 chassis, so actually it was 2015, designed for Bridgestones. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You so you go, yeah. wow, th- yeah. this guy, yeah, that's motorbike racing for yeah. it, you. Yeah. It, it, it,
3: it's what he's, yeah. he's comfortable on it. He knows, that, as you said, Matt, it is always about being able to push the bike to that very limit and, and a little bit more and know it's going to be okay
0: because that's how you're able to push it that little bit more. Mm-hmm. So in yeah. a eight months' time, we sat on this table. Is Zarco the best placed Yamaha rider? He could, yeah, be. He yeah, could, he could be. Yeah, he could yeah. be. Yeah.
3: I, I, I mean, think he's going to be... Certainly, he's going to improve on... He's certainly going to improve on what he did last year, I believe. And he's going to be there every every week. I mean, looking at the runs, I think, that he did at Chang. I mean, he...
2: I think it was quite a short run, but he, I think he did the fastest run of all. It was quite a short run, but um, low 30s, three or four low 30s. And I don't think anybody else did that. You know, so you go, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and, 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 but in a way the situation that he's in, you can kind of thank Dorner for that because it, they, all their work over the last eight, nine years has been to try and reduce the gap between the factory bikes and the independent bikes. So with, a, you know, do, doing what he's doing now, 10 years ago or 20 years ago would have been impossible. Yeah. But but now the bikes are all so similar and the electronics are the same, blah, blah, blah. Um, an independent rider who's got a good team behind him and a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. You know, who? It's never been done before a, a privateer win the when the win the premier title, but it's not impossible now
3: no and the other thing you look at at, at Jan is the fact that you can see it in the way he won both the moto Two championships is he gets stronger as as the better he gets and the the more uh, the better his performance is. And and that's, you would think that would always be the case, but it's not. It goes back to what I was saying a while ago about someone's comfort level being in that position. and And also, who knows the effort level it took you know that's the other thing that's why you see in qualifying numerous reasons why you see in qualifying someone you know and, and the viewers they watch and go well he qualified fifth but he finished 12th or he was 30 seconds back why is that because he was only a tenth slower or even less or you know is is what matt alluded to a all while ago about what yoan did in the test is the key is is the consistent race pace which is what has benefited Valentino of these last years what he's been so good at. And so Johan, I think that's one of his strengths is he's he's a great leader. It's one of the things that has helped Jorge be so successful is his ability to lead, his ability to get in front and and if he's confident, he just doesn't make that many mistakes, you know. And so I think that's where for the factory Yamaha guys, that they might should be concerned with you on is he's not gonna. I don't think the pressure. Sure, he had that one crash, but I, th- I really think he he's just gonna get stronger. You know.
2: I was speaking to Ponscharl at Sepang, and um, he was saying that Zarco actually gets stronger under pressure. It yes. actually gives him a boost. And you know, yeah. Ponscharl's been in Grand Prix racing for thirty thirty five years, and he says he's never known a rider who responds as well to pressure. Actually, yes. it actually. You know, some riders are like that, yeah. but but it's he very says, few. Yeah. There's
3: less like that than there are the other way. Sure. Don't you agree? I mean, where you see it, and and as a rider, you kind of know the ones who are like that. Those are the ones that you know, it, no matter their speed that you can, that you want to race against. or or just the fact that it, you like to know their strengths and weaknesses. Then you have some who you know, it's like a, like a Kenny, you know, obviously, mm. or or Tony Mang that I race against. You know that the the. The toughest they were on Sundays, you know. I mean, as that was the, you dreaded that, you know, um, in in that respect. But it was also a challenge, you know, where where you knew it was going to be tough. And and actually, I kind of liked it,
0: you know. And Zarka's other strength, which you've written about quite a few times on the website, is his ability just to ride the bike is given. So if Tech Three does go to K- KTM and he sticks with them that's obviously going to benefit him isn't it that's a, I, 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 I don't do think
2: Zarco would stay with KTM uh, with, with, with Tech 3 even if they do get factory bikes from KTM because you, you know he wants a factory salary you yes. know and he deserves a factory salary and, and, and there's a very significant different difference between a factory salary and an independent rider salary you know I mean you're talking 10 times different you know you're talking yeah mm. so yeah I, you know he wants a factory yeah. ride I mean it's important to remember these guys, you know, they, they, they someone like Zarco or Mark, most of them, they will prioritise the best bike first and yep. think about the money after. And, and Zarko is certainly at that time, but he, without a doubt, he wants a factory
3: bike, I would say.
0: And is, is it a risk for Tech 3? Should they go to KTM? Because it's such a young programme that the bike has got a long way to go.
3: Well, the the risk always in a situation like that is is longevity. You know, with Yamaha, he's eighteen years, and Yamaha will be there as long as there's a MotoGP program. And you know, you can count on the support that you get from them. And there's 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 a loyalty there, that is eighteen years of loyalty. Yeah. And and that's always going to be the risk. KTM. You know, if if you look at the way they've done their other programs, they get in and they kind of stay in and they're in, involved and and I think, but you know, they're also not anywhere near the, the size of company and things. And, and do you expect uh, them to close the gap this year? Well, close the gap to a certain close Suzuki, the gap where Suzuki, yeah, maybe. close the gap Suzuki. I think that's that's going to be dependent on on the riders. I think. You know, every year, obviously the bikes improve, but as long as they keep moving in the right direction and they make the right choices to improve, but it's also dependent on 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 the riders. You know? Is it the right lineup with Calio obviously in the wings? And
2: um, I think they've got a good lineup for where they're at at the moment. I mean, obviously Bradley Smith has struggled with the Michelin's. You know, he. He had a tough season last year, injuries and so on, but he, he was actually already kind of in quite a bit of trouble the year before with the Michelins. You know, obviously, he, his, the last season on Bridgestones, where did he finish? Fifth or something? I mean, he had an amazing season, amazing season. Obviously, you know, he, wow. But that, that's just one of the things we keep talking about. You know, you change something, some riders can deal with it, other riders can't. And, you know, maybe he'll get the hang of them this year. Um, but I think for where they are now, you know, they need to get the bike better this year close the gap a bit and then that will attract you know and then they'll need to put a big amount of money on the table and that'll attract a winner who knows who but um, I mean the problem is when, when you're behind like KTM and Suzuki and Aprilia are you know they're like wow we found a second over the winter but so is everyone else. So is everybody <laughs> you else. Exactly. So wow, you've got to you've got to keep improving to catch the people at the lead in, in the front, Honda, Yamaha Ducati, you've got to be improving at a faster rate than the best factories out there with the most money and the best riders. That's not easy.
3: No, and the most difficult thing is not just the pace. The diff- the thing that the factories do so well is is give the riders something that they can utilize over a longer distance, which is what's so frustrating. For Valentino with the Yamaha, is he didn't and and it was again it's it's exactly what what all the everybody who's ever come along and won on a Honda and you learn once you get to that levels you're always working toward that you're making something as rideable as possible for the long haul and I think you know talking about KTM is I, Matt's right is that they need to make a big jump. But they also going to have to um you know focus on the racing the riders are in their mindset and i think bradley's in that too and because of necessity is it's all about development it's all about testing and 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 as as a when, when you get in that mindset a little bit your racing craft suffers you know where you can't focus on on the race what you need to do you're kind of out there paying attention to this all the time and you're not really figuring out where that that yeah. edge is, and and if he's struggling with feedback, you know, or that comfort level with the tires, the inconsistency that we know is is the issue with with the Michelins with everyone, you know, he's going
0: to suffer even worse because yeah. of it. Now, before we switch back to Ducati and the rest of the team, we've just got a quick mention for Mercedes, our sponsor. Uh, it's just started snowing very heavily, heavily here today, so this might be quite useful. Um, you can get. a 4x4 driving experience um, to on the Mercedes-Benz World website, um, which Alan arrived today on in a 4x4, four four, not his smart car, which is probably a good decision. <laughs> um, all you need to do is book on 370 and you quote G-Class Ultimate 4x4 four four and you'll be able to drive a 4x4 four four around Mercedes-Benz World. And you two have both ridden in snow, haven't you?
3: Well, yeah, and also at Mercedes World, we've been down there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Mercedes World is
3: at Brooklyn, so yeah, exactly.
2: people should remember that, that if you go there, you can walk around, you know, the first purpose-built racetrack in the world ever. And it's pretty pretty spooky it to is. walk up the banking and it stuff, is. which is all kind of falling apart. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And a fantastic mu- museum there full of the craziest old bikes you've ever seen.
0: And you yeah. ra- you rode the first one i did i i did
3: ride the the first um motorcycle is it was, it was the Daimler Benz, uh but and it it was like a big it was it was it's wooden the frame was wooden and it was the uh, wheels were wooden as well yeah they? they were <laughs> and there wasn't much suspension you know zero actually and but um i didn't have any any front push problems so i you know i <laughs> seemed seem to Good feedback, but it was pretty cool. It was at the MA banquet, about about well, about thirty years three ago. Three
0: wheels, huh? You say it was yeah, three, it was three whe-
3: wheels. It was like a big tricycle. So that three yeah. wheels. yeah, this one's yeah with a
0: motor. So this four x four experience, plenty of suspension. Yeah, four plenty wheels. of suspension. Gap so, for, yeah, exactly. yeah. Want. If
2: you go down to Brooklyn, so you can see the people charging up and down <laughs> them, through the mud and so on in their Mercedes. Quite funny.
0: Uh, and the uh, expiry date of that deal is one year from date of purchase so that again is 0370 400 4000 quote G class ultimate experience ultimate 404 to find out more so Ducati is Lorenzo going to be Dovey that's a question asked by most people on the website I think
2: (laughs) well um, we were just talking about you know fastest at Sepang 16th at Chang Um, you know I think Jorge will win races this year, whether he will be as consistent as de I don't know. I I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it.
3: I think that it all depends on when he gets that first win. If he can get it early and get some confidence and not be so focused on what the bike is not doing, you know, um, maybe... It'd be, it, it should be different. You would think it'd be different even if you just base it on what he did in the past in the way that the seasons would kind of go if he, if he got going and, and there was a, there, that certain confidence level. One of the things that I think is very fascinating about the Ducati is look at the wide range of riders who ride the bikes. You look at Jack, look at Jack Miller. Now, certainly he's extra motivated maybe you know, you could put it off to that because, you know, he jumped right into the Honda thing, probably thinking that one day he would end up like Mick, you know, doing in, in Wayne Garden and be on the factory factory Honda team. It didn't go that way for numerous for whatever reasons, all the reasons that, that you can you know come up with but he gets on the Ducati and he's fast right away and it's not even the you know obviously the latest one but but we kinda see that that there is a certain flexibility again that seems to happen with with people that, that ride the Ducati um, so I think that that overall the Ducati seems to be moving I think in the right direction but I would think there'd be somewhat of a similarity between the approaches of Divisioso and Jorge and, and just they, they both they're not really aggressive riders I mean Dovey a little bit more maybe than Jorge but, but I think that there's a lot of potential there and if, if Jorge gets it going where we as we saw in Spain where we see those guys up front who knows you know that and if that happens and
0: it happens early that could spell trouble for everyone else actually mentally last year Devizioso had no pressure especially the beginning uh, of the season I think all these guys have pressure um, but this year having such a, had yeah such a good I'm
2: not sure that will affect him I don't think he's that kind of rider that will be affected by it he's a real thinking rider he's never been a kind of crazy guy um, and what we were talking about earlier just his attitude you know if there's a problem he just sits down and works his way through it he doesn't throw his tries out the pram I don't, Silverstone last year in qualifying um I think Lorenzo had an electrical problem with one of his bikes and came back into the pits to get on his spare bike and it didn't have the right front tire on it or whatever you know but there was no way they were expecting to use it maybe they should have had and he was kind of shouting at Gabarini and waving his hands around and and again it's like seeing Maverick walking into the you know you just well and and I think that's why Hawke's done this kind of his meditation and everything. Cause I think he realizes that he needs to kind of try and calm himself down. Um, but you know, to put in a full season on a bike, that's not kind of perfection like the Yamaha was for him. Um, that's not going to be easy for him. And I think DiVizioso style sort of mentally and technique wise is more adaptable You know, I think his style is kind of a bit of a mixture of different styles. You know, he can do a bit of everything. Whereas Jorge is very much a, you know, he's another Max Biagi. You know, he's got one way of going fast. And when he does it, you know, he's unbeatable. I mean, 2016, he won seven races. He won every one of those races from the first corner. Was not overtaken once, you know. um, You know, so, wow. Uh, Not many people can do that. Mm. But, you know, that's a... A special talent but you know he needs to have other talents as well
3: and i think too with with davisio so as we saw that last year and we alluded to it in 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 the podcast and our talks about a real change in his mindset and i think it goes back to kind of what i was saying earlier is a belief you know that he he kind of believed once he was in that position you know the two races he had with mark those were just like at the end were perfect decisions he made the way he sucked mark into both those situations were they were perfectly executed yeah. and and that takes a writer that is is thinking ahead of what's happening and knows exactly what he wants to do and executes it now there's a simplicity to that that you can't imagine when you're doing it The key is is getting yourself in that position and then having the coolness and and the ability to do it. And he's attributed to to that, to what he's done off the track and kind of his mindset and belief and things. And as you said, though, is that now he's in the position where it's expected. But I think with his experience and age, he's going to be fine.
2: I think he'll, I think it'll, I think he's got the kind of mindset that it'll actually help him. I do too. And, And I think his mindset obviously changed last year, but I think... The kind of psychological improvement comes with a bike improvement doesn't it you know sure. you, you think right the bike is now ready yeah. it kind of never really was before but you know yeah, it was getting calmed, better, and better, and yeah. better and better and better and better and last yeah. year it was finally there and he and he knew it and he right now i'm gonna you know he's the kind of guy that if the bike wasn't right he was never going to push it till he fell off and hurt himself yeah. and as soon as it was right off he went and and yeah i mean his that was my favorite moment of last year red Bull ring i mean he yeah so many other riders would have known that Mark was coming up the inside and would have slammed the door on him. Yeah. And what would have happened then, Mark would have run into them and popped them up and they would have run off track and Mark would have won the race. Yeah. And Divizioso yeah. <laughs> <It was,
3: laughs> yeah. just knew yeah. exactly what to do. It was exactly. just poetry. It was yeah, it just was. poetry. It was, it beautiful. And, and, it, and again, it, when it's, I always said, when people say about, about the, watching someone ride. You know, they'll say, that guy, you know, he looks so easy. I go, you have no idea how hard it is to make it look that easy. And that that's what was beautiful about that. You could see it, and it was the perfect way to deal with the situation. And um, it's knowing your competition, but, again, is, is executing it. And and that's what I think he does better today. You know, if, if you were to go back, let's say, and look at a race when he was with HRC and th- part of the three-rider team, is he had speed but not consistency, you know and nowhere near what he is able to do today and that happens and that's why i think that more than likely he's going to be just fine is he's kind of you know molded into this really really good writer that thinks properly prepares he wants to be there this is his time and he's also because he's struggled no one appreciates it more
2: and and also Although we're talking about him now, no one really talks about him. You know, everybody's talking about Hawke and blah blah yeah. blah, and Mark and yeah. Rossi, and you know, uh-huh. you know, he's barely been talked about over the winter tests. Yeah. Yeah. Barely anybody has mentioned him because he's just there or thereabouts, and, yeah. and he doesn't care about being fastest. Well, and some I, riders care about being fastest. Some people, some don't. And he's one of those guys who just keeps chipping away, absolutely. thinking, thinking, thinking. Yeah. And 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 obviously last year with his engineer, whose name I've forgotten, um, his crew chief. Uh, they're just very good at just chipping away at it. And, and that's what you've got to do with the electronics and tires as they yeah. are. You just have to, it's just one problem after the other, and you just have yes. to fix them as you go through, you know. Yeah.
0: Will Miller have the belief also now he knows he's got a bike, can he get back, can he get another victory on that Ducati?
3: Well, I, I think in, in Jack's case, it, the only thing we have to go on so far is, is how each test session he's been there. But, as Matt pointed out earlier, testing is one thing, yeah. you know, race days are, uh, because of everybody's effort level changes instead of just a few people. And so, we'll see. It, so far, it's it's been a great change. And I think that that's partially, I I think, due to Jack, you know, and him kind of realizing, okay, you know, this is, And but I also think, again, writers, you know, um, Certain tracks fit certain bikes. Certain bikes fit certain riders. You know, and 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 maybe Jass-Kate, this is going to be the the thing that that he needs. And and you know, we'll we'll see. Because again, one lap is one thing. A few laps is is even a
0: little bit better. But thirty laps is yeah. completely different. And on the Takati suiting certain circuits, uh, fifteen hundred quid. Another commenter said, uh, "Is it the riders or the bikes?" is the reason the Ducati struggles at counterclockwise tracks. And another, uh, another question, quickly, just to touch on, because we could talk for hours on it, is would Marquez win a title on a Ducati?
2: Yeah, I think Marquez could win a title on, on any factory bike, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah no I doubt know, about that. So. satellite bike? Oh, uh, satellite Ducati? As we said earlier, you know, that's becoming more and more a possibility. And yeah, who, yeah if, if he was on a satellite bike, with the right crew behind him and the right, yeah, I don't see why not. Actually, yeah, because, like, like we said earlier, ten, twenty years ago wouldn't have happened. Now it could.
3: And and I think too is in, in Mark's case. Um, you know, we we can talk about hey, you had twenty-seven crashes last year. I think twenty-seven. I mean twenty. 20 At races. Yeah. Plus yeah. testing. We don't not, know how many times he fell yeah, off. Exactly. In testing. I mean twenty twenty-seven crashes. I mean that is obviously. An unbelievable amount of times to the ground, and he's never affected by once. You know, he just walks back in the garage, get on the bike, and go. That I completely understand. What what is the the thing that that you uh, uh, be that you have to be concerned about is the fact of getting hurt, and it's kind of everything's kind of gone his way in that respect, as as Matt said earlier. So. The issue would be is if he changed that environment and he went and got on a, not only a different brand, but, but a completely different effort, is that level of, of, of belief, would that be affected? And um, I've always said that the main thing that, that happens between a writer that, that makes the right decision and doesn't is hesitation, you know. Is, is And, and that, that actually can get you hurt, too, is, is the fact of, of in that situation and you hesitate. And, and I think there is something to the fact of, as, as we talked earlier about him being in good shape, he's relaxed, he crashes, he, he kind of doesn't think about getting hurt. I don't th- you know, he, he doesn't seem to really be too concerned about that. Um, so there's a lot more issues than just my point is is whether the bike would be up to yeah. a certain level. As I I think there in Mars' case there's there's even more to to it. You know.
0: Yeah, and the circuit specific
2: Ducatis. I'm, I'm just trying to think. I was <laughs> trying to think of the anti-clockwise circuits, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I'd need to look at the results to kind of work that one out. But um, uh, I I think it's more a case of circuits that have, that are particularly asymmetric, w- where you get a, a track where you've only got a couple of right handers on it. So, um so the you know, the one side of the tyres doesn't get warm or whatever. I think that can affect some bikes more than others, and, and also some riders more than others. Um, but the Ducati, well, last year, pretty much yeah, no, no, I'm thinking back now, brain's going, that the that Vizios did always struggle at left-hand circuits. And um, I've not got an answer for that right now, no.
3: Yeah. I, I think there's always a possibility that a bike likes to go one direction. You know, I I, I can think of a couple of bikes that I had, but they were ones Irv built, actually, uh, Irv Katamoto that he built, that seven uh, fifty T751 said. It was an issue going to the left, but that was actually something in in the actual geometry of the bike and, and the manufacturing of the of the frame. I think it has to do, and if you look at Jorge, you know his case is is him being able to run a soft enough tire so he can run the the corner speed. If he at the higher speed circuits, I think, are when for him when he has to go to a harder tire, he struggles. You know. Um, other than that, I don't think that there's as as much maybe reading into it as as you. As you the, might uh, I
2: mean, the, there is one thing that Mark loves going left. You know, yeah. he 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 does dirt track all the time. So he actually most riders, I think. Well, most race tracks in Europe are are, are are clockwise. So I think most riders feel happy going round right-handers because they're more used to it. But but yeah. Mark. Is, is much prefers left-handers yeah. but he's still pretty good around right-handers yeah. so when you get to a, a, when you get to an anti-clockwise circuit it's it's pretty hard to stick with mark you know and and, and maybe th- and that probably makes everybody else look like they're struggling and it's actually not that, that exactly. but it's just mark being faster you know
0: yeah. right let's rattle
2: for the rest of the grid Suzuki they're um. in that situation we mentioned you know that you know they need to improve you know if they find a second they'll be delighted but you know they need to Improve at a faster rate than Honda, yep. and and that is really hard. But I mean, you know, a great bike. Um, last year they had a bit of a disaster. Rins was injured a lot of the time. Iannone, you know, he's he's. I mean, I love you, Iannone. He's he, he's. I really enjoy kind of talking to him, and because he is so unusual, he's this kind of gangster boy, and 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 he's he gets very angry if you kind of um, if you're interviewing him, and and you you kind of he won't give doesn't usually give very good answers so you have to kind of chip away to kind of try and get to where you want to be and and he 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 just gets really really angry and starts giving you real heavy looks and stuff um but yeah i think his, his obviously his sort of mentality kind of struggled last year you know he 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 obviously went very well on the on the ducati um, and he really struggled in in every way he struggled with the front he struggled with the rear and I, does he have the kind of steady calm mentality to approach problems in the right way and so on i 'm mm, not sure, and also his his chief his crew chief came from Ducati last year. They had a rookie, so that that Suzuki garage was in a i mean that was a real I think they made a mistake doing that, but who knows, you know, this year might, they might come good. And I think Rins, Rins seems to be really good. You know, he's just chipping away at it, chipping away at it. And, um, I'd like to see him only go well, cause I, w- I want him in there. I want him on the grid on a, on a, on a half decent bike, yeah. because, um, I think MotoGP is very lucky at the moment. We've got such a kind of rainbow of characters, you know, that you've got every type of human being is there pretty much. And that's pretty cool
3: sorry for no no it, i i agree i think that his his um disposition really is is doesn't really i don't think lead well or bode well for development because you struggle most of the time you struggle more um and you have to be able to make good decisions and and unemotional decisions and um he seems to, or the hope I think was, is, is he had the ability, and because he was a race winner, and then that he could adapt, and so um, we'll have to see this year. They seem to the the testing. We we know that they, and they talked about they went the wrong way in the engine, so we'll see if the engine performance. And 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 say, talking about engine performance, and and this is the thing that I think there that could be one of the most difficult things for guy for the riders on a bike that you have to ride hard to be able to get the performance is that the tire inconsistency and and inconsistency is it doesn't mean a problem as far as mitchell and making the tire they're, they're great but um it could be that the feedback the That the riders are getting or that the right, the the front's giving or the rear's giving, and the fact that you know they're always bringing new tires it's always changing, and so you're you're all, now you're up against having to ride a bike to its limit and and maybe a little bit more than it's and so you that's when a rider is really dependent on what the tire gives them because and to be able to trust it. Someone like Ione, I think, struggles with that. You can see it the way that that I watch him, you know, and I watch the way that, you know, he just goes from lap to lap to, you know, it's it's just there's an inconsistency there um, that I think gets magnified because of all the other things, whether last year was the engine performance was not what they hoped. And then they're inconsistent and they, they need to, he needs to ride it to a certain level. And then, of course, the tire performance doesn't help with that. And and, it, and again, it goes back to a rider's ability to be able to mentally deal with that and to be able to work around it. And very that's what you see someone at Mark does yep.
0: so much better than everyone else. Double Stimach asks if they can challenge for wins this year. Suzuki.
3: Well I, I'll just say briefly I think that it, it, if they do it's going to be in adverse conditions um, you know where you get somewhere and that's just my feeling is is that anything's possible now in MotoGP and we saw that two years ago nine different winners you know and last year obviously it was a lot less I think the the factory bot guys adjusted a little better just to the situations and stuff so you saw that come back season more back to normal even in the different conditions but if we have tough weather conditions absolutely
2: yeah I'd, I, I think they'd be doing very well to get on a podium in the dry I think I think um, you know they kind of lost a year last year and everybody else kept on moving forward so um, you know and and rins is obviously just getting better and better but you know they don't have a kind of a Marquez or a Divisioso or or a Rossi, you know, at the moment. So, you know, they're developing a bike um and they haven't got the best riders, so I I don't see them winning a race, but I, I would lo- I would love to be proved wrong because, you know, the more factories the merrier and and it's a it's a you look at that bike and it, you know with the carbon fiber engine hangers and stuff and it's just a really nice, sweet, clever little bike and um it would be good to see it
3: do and well. it's good for them, exactly. And and they, you know, that's what hurt them before coming in and out a few little bit. They're not obviously the biggest of the Japanese factories, and so budget's always consideration. But I think if they can, what really was good for them was Maverick, and it's too bad they lost Maverick. It would have been interesting to see, you know, him staying with them and. um I think that would have been the best situation for Suzuki, without question. But that's not the case, so you have to adapt, and and we'll see. And, and Renz, you know, he, he seems to, you know, put in, it's like you said, he's certainly getting better. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy, and, and we'll see where he goes.
0: Does that mean that they could, if Renz does perform better, then that makes Suzuki's job easier with Inone? Michael Dolan, asked, Dolan asks, how should they deal with underperforming Inone? and uh, all the Instagram hits in the world won't give him as so much as a thousandth of extra lap time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, he—he, he, um, I mean, he, he had a two-year contract, and this is the second year, so he knows that he's—he's he's got to step up. Um, maybe that will make the difference. You know, I think he's—he's he's quite an emotional rider. Writes a lot of emotion, and you know, losing your, <laughs> losing all that money for 2019 if he loses his ride, that's quite a big emotional kick up the backside and you know who knows he might turn it around that you know if Suzuki they've got the engine better and the chassis better you know they made a big step at the end of last year yeah. you look at their results suddenly got a lot better after Aragon and they stayed at tested at Aragon they tested a new chassis they tested um, you know new solutions to the electronics and they tested a new engine with different crankshaft inertia which made a big difference but obviously they couldn't use that in the in the races because they weren't allowed to so you know I think they're going to make a step up, but is it going to be enough? And there's not much you can do to make a rider perform better, except saying, you know, if you want to ride next year, you need to go faster. And and you can't really get in there. Well, I mean, you can make him a rider better or worse, I suppose, but really it all has to come from inside, you know, and he knows he's under pressure now. And that sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad. He's got to step up, otherwise he's going to be out of a job.
3: Yeah. And and the thing is, is that we, with someone like Anoni is that he, when he won at Ducati, when he was part of the team and anyone, and they chose him, you would think that's the best situation he's going to be in. You know, that's the most confidence he's going to have and the most support he feels. And and an emotional rider like him, that is a very important thing. And we'll we'll see with Renz doing better that, you know, a Japanese tendency is – or or a team tendency – is the support is going to start going toward who's performing the best because at the end of the day that's what the writers you know obviously getting paid to do and you you can support them but it's not up to the to them to make him perform it's it's up to him
0: yep we've got two pages of questions left here so what we might do is hold these for your post-testing podcast which the writer insights so make sure you subscribe to make sure you'll get those into your podcast program Uh, But let's go back to maybe Aprilia and the rookies. Morbidelli, maybe, who's going to stand out for you guys coming through? Again, going on testing, Nakagami
2: has been amazing. Um, And, you know, we saw that with with, uh, Folga last year. You know, you're riding in Moto2 and Moto2, you know, it's based around a road bike engine. uh, So it's not a full prototype and no electronics. So you're getting off a bike that's kind of not a full, it's kind of midway between a Supersport bike and a Grand Prix bike. And and then you get on to the mostest of a Grand Prix bike and it's got carbon brakes, it's got electronics, it's just designed just to do one thing. And all those ele- electronics are designed to help you, not to make your life easier, but to help you go faster. So everything is designed for perfection. And I think a lot of guys, they get off a Moto2 bike where they're having to ride around, it's kind of, the fact that it's not a full Grand Prix bike and they get onto a MotoGP bike and they're like, wow, this does everything I want it to do. And, and I think, I think uh, we do see that. Now, we saw it even with 250s, you know, when Lorenzo got off the Aprilia 250 and got on the Yamaha, he said it was easier to ride, you know, because <laughs> it's a big, it's heavier, it's, 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 um, uh, it's softer, mm-hmm. it's got four-stroke power, it's easier to ride. So I think Nakagami might be doing what Folger did, you know, finding it easier to ride and more pedally as well they would be my two standouts um yeah
3: yeah i think i think nakagami for sure to me is the surprise and and there are certain situations and where you and you look for that in a rider is they if they get on a bike with more power they either like that or they don't you know and they can deal with that and adapt to it um and because it does everything faster it's 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 but I think that when you see someone um, that has the ability of of a Morbidelli and and you you can kind of see that in his riding I think he's going to do really well and and the key for for the most difficult it seems to be the most difficult thing for riders to come from from Moto2 and and probably the the bike that that takes the most adjust would be the Honda you know it seems it has a narrow you know kind of window a little bit. I, I know the M1, the engine characteristics on the Yamaha, the, the crossplane, it's, it's a little smoother. Um, and the Ducati seems to be um, also a bike that is easier to, to maybe a little bit to adapt to. So I think that not government they not only have the, um, to make that, that leap, but also they're in a situation to where if they can do that right away, that really bodes well for their their future out there yeah, yeah. you know yeah i mean they have to
2: just take it one step at a time and 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 you always tell races young yeah. races that sort of coming up just you know there's no hurry man you know you have got to you know you just just keep learning one step at a time but you know when you're 23 24 25 and you're a racer that the whole point is is not not waiting it's getting where you want to go Yeah as fast as possible and 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 they i think they're both pretty clever guys yeah. they've got good people around them a lot of uh, experience um, they just need to just chip away because if yeah. you don't do that on a MotoGP gp bike unless you're mark marquez you, you, you know you're going to have some big crashes so they need yeah. to just kind of just like plan out their season really and just where they want to be uh, one by one and just keep getting better and better and better till till by the end of the year they're kind of
3: up there, you know. Yes. And, and also the the teams say, yeah, you know, you can do that and then of course they want you to perform too, you know. So yeah. it, it's, a, yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's a it's also the double edged sword, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. just take your but, time Yeah, but. take your time <laughs> but you you know you're about three tenths slow. Yeah. And if you could pick that up just a little bit we'd appreciate it, you know? <laughs> So but no, it's um I, I think it yeah, it's it's certainly it's a great it's a great time the championship because of the level of the equipment you know and i think that's what we're seeing too you're seeing um the nakagami you're seeing the Morbidelli, and you're seeing the performance and and from Honda's standpoint they would benefit in in the satellite teams being closer to what the factories are using for their program too you know i think and i think we're maybe seeing that a little bit too
2: yeah absolutely Uh, and and i think you know, the fact that all the bikes have to be pretty much identical now, you know, the satellite bikes and the, you know, that helps everyone. You know, they've got to, they can't just build a a special for Marquez. They've got to actually make it work for everyone. Um, And that obviously helps the rookies. I think HRC will be delighted to have a Japanese guy, not only because Mm. that's good for publicity at home and everything, which is obviously important to them, but also having, so they can communicate to somebody in their own language, you know I mean? remember speaking to Rossi after he sacked Jeremy Burgess he reckoned there was probably a five percent that he didn't understand with Jeremy Burgess when he was talking with him and and, you know we're talking percentages earlier about you know a half a percent makes a difference between winning and finishing fourth or fifth so you know if you're missing five percent in that um in your debriefs of somebody says something and and you don't quite understand what they mean, or they aren't able to speak in a, their second language it, to get their point across fully. You know that can have a prob- that that can be a problem. So I think for HRC to have somebody they can sit down and talk to, you know, I think that's a yeah. big boost for them.
0: Cal benefit to have a teammate. Did it benefit you having teammates? Or
3: you yeah, well, I, I don't think so much with, with Cal because Cal's program is,
0: well, I mean, it,
3: it can be a benefit workload wise. It can be a benefit if you're struggling. That's where I think it's, a, again, a double edged sword with Valentino and Maverick, you know, where they're both struggling with the same thing. It certainly helps in moving. Maybe the issue along that it's really something we need to get addressed. It's not just something that a writer can adapt to because you got two guys struggling with it. So from that standpoint, it, it certainly can be a benefit. And I think if if they're testing some, but in, but specifically with Cal, Cal is more concerned with what he does with the factory. You know, he does testing things, his relationship, his whole, obviously, what what was so important to him. Was in this last contract where it's an HRC, it's a it's a Honda deal, and 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 again that comes because he is, you know, he obviously is out there to win, do the best he can. He wants to win races, but it's also a, a he's a support for for the factory team, and and maybe even specifically Mark
0: in that respect. Okay, I think that we have may maybe run out of time now. Unfortunately, like I said, if you list, we'll give Freddie these questions for his next his next um podcast which is the rider insight which be post testing post guitar
3: absolutely after after uh, guitar tests and i'm going to do do one to kind of wrap up what we've seen in testing and some of these questions
0: there's one for matt really which is spencer yeah. versus Dewan versus rossi versus stoner versus marquez the yeah. impossible question how yeah. would you rate them <laughs> <laughs> uh, well freddie the greatest
1: obviously oh, yeah right yeah thanks man uh, the ideal uh, way to who, end who are we yeah. looking at?
0: We have I'll Spencer, your car. Doing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer
2: uh, doing Rossi Stone at Marquez. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it's just the kind of, yeah, it's it's impossible. And I'm not being polite. It's just impossible. I mean, you know, that they're, they're all on that higher plane. And I'd put Roberts in there as well. Um, who else would I have in there? Spencer doing Rossi Stone and Marquez. I'd certainly have Roberts in there, Rainey, um, Schwantz. There's a probably about 10 riders that I just can't really say. And, and you know, you'd even have to look at Certies and people like that. You know, you can't. Yeah, you, it's just impossible to compare, really is. Just, I mean, it's, it's, if you want to have another hour of podcast <laughs> comparing the top 10 greatest riders in the world, yeah, then we can yeah. do it. But, I mean, you know, you at the end you come up with saying, well, I don't really know.
0: Okay, but we do know that Marquez is going to win the title. That's what we've decided, isn't it? Possibly but yeah
3: (laughs) but because because and and that's a great thing about motorsports there's so many variables that 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 figure into it and and we talked about that is maybe you know he he needs to avoid another 27 you know crash season I mean for many reasons and and just um just the amount because as we know everything has this limit and um you know so but i think he's gonna win it
0: okay well we'll be back in december probably to look back probably with more snow so matt thank you for joining us thank you you. Freddie. thanks and thanks to al for being behind the desk uh we'll be back very soon actually with another podcast looking at formula one so do subscribe um so yeah we'll see you then what do you think of when someone says
1: the word used old-fashioned out of tune a bit scratched something past its best. Chances are, you're not thinking of a Mercedes-Benz. And certainly, not one of the latest models. Think Mercedes-Benz approved used. Suddenly, there's a lot more meaning to that little word. Visit your local retailer to find you a used car today, and you'll see what I mean.
0: I like the way you work here.
1: Mercedes-Benz approved used. Used. But know what you're used to.